Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. This is our one-on-one series, and I'm here to uh, interview uh, one of the most important people uh, of the network, Mr. Dan Frost. How are you today? Yeah, I'm good, Stacey. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. It's good to be on this side of the mic for a change. Um, yeah, very much looking forward to it. Let's take it back uh, and just talk about where you grew up and your family and your school and your first sporting memories. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, I'm a Newcastle boy, so... Um, yeah, grew up in Newcastle. A uh, big part of my family now is I'm married and I've got a little 18-month-old boy, but um, sort of taking it back to, to my family roots, um, obviously had mum and dad with my uh, two younger sisters and, um, yeah, we grew up in a, in a small uh, sort of area up in the Port Stephens, uh, Port Stephens district. I think there was less than 100 kids at our little local primary school. So, yeah, very, very small community. And then from there, uh, really sort of stepped out into the country. So we, um, yeah, we'll get into a little bit of this uh, later on, but um, started a bit of a business at a very, very young age uh, out in the country, um, surrounded by, you know, some cattle and, yeah, just a bit of a bit, bit of a different vibe out that way. But, um, yeah, look, for me, um, I guess, you know, what I can remember from being younger is just being totally and completely uh, obsessed with, uh, with sport, uh, in particular, rugby league, and then obviously the Newcastle Knights. It was a um, yeah, it was a really good time. Obviously, coming up supporting them. Uh, it's been a bit of a drought these days, but back then we were yeah, we were punching well above our weight, and uh, we got a few premierships there. So yeah, for me, a massive Knights supporter. Um, in terms of my in terms of my first sports memory, um, oh, I would have to be the old Marathon Stadium. So. Obviously, the new McDonald Jones Stadium is quite fancy now, with uh, with you know the gr- new grandstand and things like that. But um, yeah, back in the day, um, yeah, the Newcastle Knights home ground was pretty straightforward with some hills. So yeah, just remember um, just sitting on the hill, um, and then also you know upgrading, getting some tickets near the tunnel, and just watching a bunch of games um, in those early nineties. Uh, I'll never forget watching guys like Tony Butterfield. Just, it looked like it, towards the back end of his career that he was put together with tape. So watching him at a young age run out, it was, uh, yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah, and obviously having players, you know, with the calibre of Caleb Ponger and Mitchell Pearce is, is, is pretty exciting for any Knights fan. He's, uh, he's just hoping we can get some wins on the board, huh? Yeah, absolutely. No, it's uh, it, it's not too far away. I, I think, um, you know, the Knights, we've, we've sort of been through quite a number of different challenges. Um, yeah, they've, I guess for me... You know that the Nathan Tinkler years were, were quite difficult, where a lot was promised and not not a lot was delivered. Um, just goes to show that yeah, money doesn't uh, yeah money doesn't buy you premierships. There, there's got to be a little bit more to it. So yeah, look, we've been through a lot, um, but yeah, we've we've kind of rebuilt the right way. Um, I think you know there's a, a lot of credit out there to you know guys like Nathan Brown who have come in and done a really good job rebuilding, and hopefully Adam can come in and and just sort of you know put the final touches on hopefully what is a, a premiership force over the next couple of years. You, you always sound like you have such optimism about uh, failing sports teams, and, and that's something I, that I really enjoy about you. But um, to have all of this analysis and to have this optimistic attitude so often, what has your sporting career looked like so far? 
Yeah, it's it's been an interesting journey. Um, I guess I, I've got to, yeah, just take us all the way back. So when I was quite young, I was diagnosed with a rare bone disease uh, called multiple hereditary exotosis for anyone out there that's following along, MHE. Um, and basically there wasn't a lot known about the condition back then. Typically it's just one or two sort of little bone growths in your body and usually they don't cause you too many too many uh, issues. But for me, unfortunately, um, one of Australia's worst case, I've got 200 from head to toe. So uh, when I was younger, sort of coming through and eager to not just play sport, but, you know, be, be, be the best and, and, and sort of, you know, my, my ambition was obviously to play in the NRL, but... Um, yeah, I, I remember uh, I remember to this day uh, the day that I was early retired and that was when I sort of sat down with the orthopaedic surgeon. I was 10 years old and I was told that, you know, they just didn't know a lot about the condition. They were very concerned about, you know, what contact sport would do. So, yeah, they sort of advised that, you know, my, my playing career was over. Uh, fortunately, you know, later in life, I was able to challenge that a little bit, but um, yeah, you know, they were only trying to look out for me. But yeah, it was uh, it was certainly hard to take it, hard to take at the time. So for me, um, yeah, my sporting career started well; it sort of finished before it's before it began, and um, yeah, tried to sort of revisit it um, later on. But yeah, that that was sort of some some challenging times early on. Uh, so um, obviously, being ten years old and hearing that your sporting career is not going to be the rugby league grand final match of your dreams how did you how did you manage that at such a young age and what kept you involved in sport yeah it was it was very difficult to take uh it was very difficult to take I think um yeah I had a massive chip on my shoulder um from then on because I just had this mentality that it was not if I was going to play in the NRL it was a matter of when because you know I just you know I wasn't I was never going to be the most athletically gifted, um, you know, player out there, but I just knew I had confidence even at a, even as a child that I would just do whatever it takes to sort of make that dream happen. So, you know, it's one thing to sort of go out and chase those dreams and fail on your own accord, but to have that taken away, that was, uh, yeah, that was very, very hard to take. And I have to say it it did impact me a lot. You know, I I did carry a bit of a, a chip on my shoulder um, probably, yeah, sort of acted out a little bit during my teenage years, but yeah, you just, you know, it, I guess the only, the only way to sort of process, uh, such a huge disappointment is just with time. And as the years went on, I was able to sort of slowly, slowly accept it. Um, but yeah, you know, the doctors were only looking out for me. I think, you know, I think I'm running, I think I've yeah, had some, um, pretty big, pretty big challenges, um, since then, but you know, for me, uh, in, in terms of sport, you know, where I went from there is I sulked, uh, I've got to be honest. So once I was told that, I I just sort of gave up. I was just like, okay, well, you know, this is this is just not going to work um, clearly. So, yeah, I sulked for, for, for a very, very long time and the doctors kind of kept me away from a lot of the contact sport be, because of the risk. But, um, yeah, for me, what, what got me into it is, you know, I did, did a little bit here or there, but when I turned 18... You know, when you become an adult, you start making your own decisions. Um, I just, I just took the risk. So, actually, I did a little bit of martial arts uh, throughout the years. So, I actually went back to my club and um, just signed back up to fight. And it was just my way of saying, well, you know, I can sit on the couch and feel sorry for myself, or I can just go out and do something about it. So, you know, I think. 
you know, and, and, and the doctors were getting you know, a little bit more confident with what they were doing uh, in, in terms of my condition. So I thought, yeah, why not? So for me, um, yeah, the first part of my sporting career was, you know, probably just short of a decade uh, fighting in martial arts. And, um, yeah, given that, you know, uh, one minute I'm told I, I, I won't be able to do any sort of contact to sort of go in there and compete um, in tournaments and things like that, that was, um, yeah, that was, that was a big change for me. And obviously martial arts is, um, you know, it is a combat sport, but it's also really heavy on the mental side of things as well. Did you have any challenges there to, to, to kind of push through and, and uh, you know, you said you had your chip on your shoulder. You know, what, what kept you going? Was it just the case of, well, you said I can't, so I'm just going to? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the biggest challenges I had was I was no good at it. So I just had no talent at all. Um, and that's just, that's, a, that's a, quite a difficult pill to swallow. So for me, um, yeah, just being absolutely no good at it, I just had to work, you know, I just had to work super hard just to, just to um, you know, get anywhere with it. And um, I, as soon as I sort of got somewhere with it, I'd have to have a surgery, which we'll talk more about um, sort of later on. And then I'd sort of have to, it, it's one of those sports where you kind of got to reset. So once you, once you have a big surgery, once you do a shoulder, or a knee, something like that, you, you pretty much, you lose a lot of your, your skill quite quickly. So for me, um, I probably felt like I was constantly re, re, resetting and restarting. So, um, you know, and at the same time, you know, my doctors were really clear that I wouldn't be able to go out and do much physical labor. That was, that was drilled into me from a very early age. So, you know, I went out and, um, you know, we'll talk more about it, but, you know, went into business and, and put myself through uni. So I had a lot of things sort of distracting me um, outside of sport, but yeah, to your point, that was exactly right. I knew I was no good at martial arts. I was a terrible fighter, but being told I couldn't do something, I just couldn't cop that. I needed to get out there and, and, and do something. Yeah, valid. What are, I mean, aside from obviously your condition, what's been the biggest challenge on, on the field for you? Yeah, so I think, uh, I, I think the, the biggest challenge uh, for me was, um, I guess, having the confidence to play rugby league. Um, so I guess sort of in, in my later twenties, I, I found a competition where I would be able to get a medical clearance to be able to play. So obviously a lot of doctors were not too keen to give that to me to play in a lot of competitions because of, um, some of the serious injuries that I've had, you know, I sort of started off with a spinal fusion and yeah, some really, some really serious stuff. So, um, yeah, I found it really challenging to find, um, a competition that would clear me. Um, but yeah, was able to sort of find a competition, uh, that would sort of let me play. Um, it was sort of a modified comp. Um, so there was, there was a few, quite a few athletes that had a few different ailments and things. So, um, yeah, it's, it was a really, really, it it seemed like a really, really good opportunity to go out there and test myself. Uh, And one of the cool things about it is they're, they're affiliated with, um, a lot of the NRL clubs. So, um, you know, it's hard to, to make these teams. You have to, you have to meet these eligibility criterias, um, and you know the players that are that are playing, they're tough as nails because they've they've typically been through a lot. Uh, but yeah, for me, um, I was able to you know get a spot on the South Sydney Rabbitohs um, squad in this modified competition. Um, and yeah, but for me, the biggest challenge was actually having the confidence to play that first game because you know I, I had a really honest conversation with myself where I knew what the risks were with my back. I knew that. Um, you know, one wrong hit and I, and I knew where that was headed. But for me, I, I just, it, it was something that I had to do because I felt like if I could go out and play, I could somehow 
prove to myself that I may have I, I may have been able to make the NRL had I have not had this condition. I don't know if that makes sense, and 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 probably it doesn't. But I just felt like yeah, if I could go out there and play with with all all of the issues that I had, um, maybe that sort of you know highlights the fact that I, that I could have done something had things been a little different. So yeah, for me that was the biggest challenge having the confidence to to go out there and play. And I guess like being part of the community still, like the sporting community and the rugby league community, must be so important for people who you played with, and and you know those those athlete mentality um, people that have these conditions or have come back from injury or had accidents or whatever the case may be, it's still such a massive, important part of their life, you yeah. know? Yeah, I think, um, you know, don't want to stereotype, but I think a large uh, a large amount of the um, the players, we're in, we're in a dark place, you know, when they arrive on the door of this competition, you know, typically something has, you know, you've either been battling something, um, you know, most of your life, which is, which has meant that, you know, things have been a little bit challenging for you, or you've gone through a pretty, you know, a pretty uh, intense or traumatic accident um, that sort of, yeah, uh, led, led to some, led to some challenges there. So for, for us, I think, you know, a lot of us are, are rocking up, uh, yeah, we in, in a dark place and, and looking for something and looking for an, a bit of escape um, through sports. And, um, you know, for me, that's what, that, that, that's what was sort of most, uh, most inspiring is as soon as I rocked up and I saw some of the athletes that I was surrounded with and heard their stories and some of the things they've gone through, I quickly realized that I was being quite selfish. You know, I, I kind of felt like, you know, this, yeah, I, I just realized that, you know, there are people that, you know, I've certainly gone through worse. And whilst that's a mentality that I've tried to have when I've battled some of my health issues, I think you can sometimes forget that. So it was quite humbling to, um, you know, connect in with the guys there, learn about their stories. And then that gave me confidence that I could go out there. I still knew the risk, you know, I, I still knew uh, that things could go wrong for me, but, you know, it was a risk I was willing to take. And that's really aligned. I mean, it's not exactly aligned, but uh, we'll talk about this in future episodes, I'm sure. But obviously knowing the risk is is any part of contact sport, right? And and being having um, you know, having a, a condition is you know almost no different to knowing the risk of a concussion or something like that. Playing these kind of sports, so I can definitely understand that. Uh, you know, I, I need to do it mentality, and I also need to understand the risks as well. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's um. I didn't want to go into it naive because I, I didn't want something to happen and then have any regrets. You know, I needed to be very, very clear and, and understand what I was doing. And then, you know, my, my first goal was obviously to play. And then quickly the, 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 I, I just flicked a switch and then it was about, well, what's the next goal? And the next goal was to be the best that had ever played. I don't do things uh, by half measures. So for me, once I knew that I could get through a game, it was then going to be, okay, well, let's go back to my mentality that I had when I was younger in terms of trying to become a professional. You know, I, I want to be the best to ever play. So for me, I quickly um, switched gears and, um, you know, I, I wasn't able to, to play um, league for as long as I would have liked. You know, eventually the body wore down. But, you know, within that time, I was able to have quite a quite a – um, a fair bit of success, which is um, which I'm really really proud of. But yeah, certainly had to put the work in to to make that happen. Yeah, right. Wow. And in terms of, I mean, uh, you know, off the field, has there been any other big challenges that have you know just stuck a big wall up and you've gone, what is this? How am I going to do this? Yeah, I, I think uh, you know, for me, I, I'd have to say it's it's MHE. You know, I, I really I try not to let it define me or, or, or label it and. Uh, for those that sort of know me quite well, 
it's a bit of an invisible um, condition, so it's something that you can't see um, on the outside looking in. So, you know, 99% of the people don't realise that, you know, it's something that I've sort of dealt with. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I, I, I'm trying to open up a little bit and be a bit of an advocate for those that may be going through some challenging medical conditions and show that, you know, there is still um, some remarkable things that we're able to sort of achieve. So for me, yeah, I've, I've gone through sort of 40 surgeries um, so far. Um, still, I think I'm relatively young. I'm sort of in my early 30s um, now. But, yeah, gone, gone through over 40 surgeries. And, again, that started with the big one. That was the big lower back spinal fusion uh, at the age of 10. So that was that was really, really challenging. Um, a large number of my surgeries came when I was sort of growing as a child and you just didn't have – you know, it, it aged you and made you grow up very, very quickly. Um, but at the same time, it, it's it's a, it's a terrible condition because, you know, kids are just not in a position to kind of best deal with that. So, um, yeah, so I found that particularly challenging. And then probably the biggest challenge I've had off the field um, specifically was, um, yeah, I guess uh, in my early 20s, uh, I was diagnosed with cancer. Um, so that was uh, a little bit problematic. Um, so that was, uh, came through in my left scapula, in, in, in my shoulder. And it's really, really hard to explain. I, I think you, you've probably sort of run into or you know someone or you've spoken to someone that's kind of dealt with it. And for someone that's quite analytical and, and has gone through this condition for quite a number of years, I kind of knew it would happen. You know, I knew that the statistics were kind of not on my side. So I'd kind of mentally prepared myself um, that, this, that this may happen. So to be honest... I, you know, growing up, I knew that I may not necessarily be here as long as everyone else. So I have to, I have to give everything 110%. Everything I do, I've got to do in a very, very intense way because I may not be here uh, for a very long time. So I was doing everything sort of at a million miles an hour. But one of the things I found most difficult about it was just the impact on on the people around you. So, um, yeah, I found that particularly challenging. Obviously, you know, um, you know, I was married quite young, so I had a wife, a very close group of friends that were very, very supportive and family. But yeah, obviously it's very, very upsetting for them. Uh, very challenging, but you know, in the end we became quite resilient because, uh, it, it, it continued to come back. Uh, fortunately I didn't have to get any, uh, chemotherapy, um, because it was a low grade, so it grew back quite slow, but it came back five times. I had to, had to have five different surgeries to keep it at bay um, and, yeah, don't have much of a scapula left. So, um, and, yeah, obviously had to try and rehab that um, by myself to continue to play sport. Yeah, right. And here I am. I've been sitting with a, a torn rotator cuff for the last couple of weeks and, you know, a missing scapula trumps that. For sure, for sure. So it's going back to your, your rugby league career, what were the achievements? What were the yeah. big moments that stood out for you? Yeah, so I, I guess for me, yes, I was able to play for, for the Rabbitohs for, for only two seasons um, because um, I had a quite a debilitating uh, right hip injury um, that actually needed to be replaced, <laughs> needed to be replaced halfway through my martial arts career. But uh, anyway, continued to, to fight through that. But um but yes, yeah, so I played two seasons. Uh, we were able to. We made the grand final both years. We won our premiership in our first year, uh, which was which was a huge huge achievement. Um, and for me, you know, I was able to sort of kick a, I was able to sort of kick a conversion from the sideline to win that to win that grand final on the bell. Um, and you know, for a lot of goal kickers, it's like, is it luck? Is it that? But you know, just sort of peeling back the curtain, I, I, I remember 
I remember my training routine that went into, again, me wanting to be the best in that competition. So for me, I would be up, you know, well, well, well before sunlight. Um, I was in the ice baths. Um, I was, I was in the, the sauna, the spa to try and get the body moving. I would then go and do a morning gym session. I would then go and work all day. I would then come, I'd then go back to the gym. I'd do another workout in the afternoon and I'd sort of repeat that. I'd then drive a couple of hours to training and, and, you know, a couple of times a week and then, and then obviously play. And then in terms of like the conversion, I just remember putting on those, you know, those sweatsuits and, and our jackets and jumpers. This is in the middle of summer uh, when I was preparing in the preseason and I, it was hot. <laughs> it was, it was hot. And I would kick, there's like this Daryl Halligan challenge where, uh, Daryl sort of sets sets you up where you kick um, a certain amount of goals from different points on the park and you can't leave until you do that. It's I like would, horse. Yeah. Horse, so right? I would kick it over and over again until I'd, I'd perfect it. So I'd kicked, you know, thousands of, of goals. So for me, you know, I remember, you know, lining up. I remember when we scored that try um, right on the bell of the grand final and then I had to go and kick. I, I just... I knew that I was going to kick it. And then for me, it was then just messaging to the team, you know, to defend that next step. So I remember r- running back, getting the tee and being like, I'll kick this. You guys just focus on defense. And everyone's looking at me like, you know, what's, what's this guy on? He's so arrogant. But for me, that's what, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't that it was just that, you know, I, I knew I'd practice it. I knew I'd, I knew I could get it done. So, so yeah, winning the premiership was, um, was huge for me. And then, um, you know, I was really, uh, I was really honored to be uh, then selected, um, in the in, in the test team uh, to represent Australia again in this modified competition, and we had a, a three test series against the the Kiwis, and uh, yeah, we, we had some good success. Uh, played all right in that competition as well. So yeah, between the premiership and then sort of winning that test series and, and having a few things go my way during that series, um, yeah, that's probably my biggest biggest achievements. Well, that's nothing to play down. That's for sure. That's what did you? I mean, as a as a ten year old. Did you ever think that that was going to be possible? Like in in the modified, even though it was modified, did you still tick off a couple of those dreams that you had when you were a kid? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, before I walked into that doctor's surgery, you know, before I was 10, um, yeah, that's exactly what I expected of myself. I I, I just, I, I knew this is where I wanted to be. I wanted to be at the very top. But after I left that doctor's office where he said, you know, like it's over, you know, like there's nothing, no contact sport, no nothing. No, I, I thought I thought that was over. And for me, it was just a really good way to sort of close out that chapter of my life to say, look, you know, you'll, you'll never know what, what could have happened, um, but, at, but at least you were able to sort of go out and, um, and give it your very best effort. And I think, you know, I just really respect, you know, my team, my teammates um, who were there and sort of helped sort of drive a lot of that success and a lot of the coaches, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's remarkable that these guys are able to go out and do what they do. Yeah. And in terms of, I mean, we spoke a little bit earlier about you starting your own business. Um, how does that sort of rank on, you know, in other achievements? Because, you know, as business operator myself, it's not easy. And uh, I feel the slog, you know, the hours and the hours and the hours that you spend up late, early mornings, weekends, et cetera, just trying to get stuff done. Like tell me about how that ended up coming about. Yeah, so I, I didn't take the news too well that I couldn't play sport at an early age, So, uh, but I just had to accept it. So for me, I was told that I had to be, you know, had to work a corporate career and move into business. So I took that quite literal. So uh, when I was 12, I started my first business. Uh, it was in cattle. I <laughs> um, uh, started a little cattle business. And uh, yeah, I guess this is the reason why we don't get 12-year-olds run companies, right? It was, uh, we had, I think it was 
had our worst drought in about 30 years and I was starting this cattle business and, um, yeah, just didn't quite have the mathematics right, Stace, you know, like I thought I didn't quite realise. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I, just, I just need to circle back here. Cattle business. Mm, yeah. So, okay. All right. Yeah. So I, so you and I are obviously the, the same, like similar age group. And I remember this drought, um, you know, having a far coming from a farm myself, but 12 years old in cattle, in drought, you hear 12 year old in cattle business. Like what, tell me mm. about this. I'm, so, I'm intrigued. Yeah. Yeah. So it was an interesting one. So basically you go out and you'd buy sort of stud cattle and basically how you made money is you actually went around the, the circuit of shows and you showed your cattle and if they were successful and if they won, you built your business brand and then your cattle were worth more. And we're not talking uh, a couple of dollars here. You know, on average, animals are worth, you know, in that sort of industry, two, three grand. If you if you won some of the big prizes, you know, suddenly some of your animals were worth 50 grand. So um, that's kind of the business model there. But, yeah, it was really, really difficult um, to do that during the drought. Um, and, yeah, obviously, um, yeah, didn't have a lot of business planning or knowledge at the time. So, um, but no, look, it was, it was really good childhood. Um, and, you know, my parents sacrificed a lot financially to kind of help, um, get it, uh, you know, get the business up and going buy the property, things like that. So, um, yeah. And yeah, sort of gave me the, the confidence to kind of, kind of run the business. Um, yeah. And yeah, just all the country people, it's different, you know, it just it's different. Out. It's different in the country, doesn't it? Shout out to all our country listeners. You guys, just, it's different. Everyone's so lovely. I mean, I'm 12, right? Like I, I had real bad troubling stuff happen in, 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 in the business, you know, like whether someone got, an animal got sick or things happen, I could just call a neighbour at like midnight and they would just drive up and give me a hand and we didn't know each other from a bar of soap. It's just, uh, yeah, it's a different world out there and, um, yeah, definitely miss the country life sometimes. Same. It's that, uh, it's that two-finger wave, you know, going down the, the dirt roads. It, it gets me, and, and I love it when I see it in Sydney around here. It just goes, oh, yeah, country person, I feel you. So I guess, you know, what, what – yeah. Oh, well, for me, I just think, uh, yeah, in terms, of, in terms of some of the, uh, the stuff off the field, um, yeah, like obviously all, all of the business stuff has been really, um, yeah, really, really interesting and really, really challenging. But I think my biggest achievement off the field, I have to say, is – and, and is, is having my son, so he's a little 18-month-old, I probably would have slapped myself saying that, you know, sort of a couple of years ago because I think that's very cliche. But for, Oh, my God, yes, the same. You know, but, you, you and I, we've done our, our one-on-one and, and, and I felt so guilty not saying that my daughter was the, my biggest achievement. You know, <laughs> I feel you. But, no, I, it's just uh, it's just a whole new game, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, I like to... Um, yeah, I like to, you know, push myself out there and do things that are really challenging. Um, you know, I find that, you know, that, that that's the situations I find myself in. A lot of times in business, I kind of go out not really knowing exactly how to do things but having confidence that I'll figure that out. All that just goes out the window when you have a kid. So for me, uh, it's been everything people have tried to warn me about and more and, uh, yeah, extremely humbling. And, you know, credit to my wife who, yeah, as you can imagine, and we spoke about Stacey you know, with, with all of the, the time commitments that we've got and a lot of the challenges that we have, it, it definitely puts a lot of pressure on your partner to kind of step up there. So, yeah, really appreciate her support. Yeah, having kids is uh, it's it's next level. And, and, you know, I think the value in, in raising a child is understanding the world and how it's changing. So I'm really excited for, you know, our tiny little babies to go and experience sports similar to what we have, but with more opportunities now. And that's so exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you know, once I, 
once I sort of retired from sport, uh, for, I, I did a year of sort of coaching and stuff like that. So I was able to sort of get that out of my system and, and get a bit of a get a bit of uh, get a bit of that experience. And yeah, just having kids growing up, you just sort of you know you, you think a lot about you know not wanting to be that crazy sport parent. You know, as much as I love it and I love rugby league and I love the nights and you know having a young boy. Um, you know, would love to see him do that, but you know, you just learn uh, as you go along that you've just got absolutely no control. They're going to like what they're going to like, and um, you know, we're just we're just there to um, enjoy the ride. And so, I guess, random question: If your son grows up, what team do you prefer that he does not support? Like, what is the no fly zone in your in your household? Yeah, look, it's 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 very difficult. I'd probably say, look, as a night supporter, we've got a fair rivalry with the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles just dating back to those 90s. So uh, they're a bit of a, a rivalry there. All right, so we spoke about your biggest achievements on the field, which was, you know, the test series that you played against uh, New Zealand. Where, where was that played? When was it played? And what was it like? And are they as big as they look? Yeah, it was uh, It was everything I, I'd sort of expected and more. Um, I've never... I've never done anything as as crazy as, as playing that in in that competition. So, effectively, we played uh, the three the three tests um, uh, against the Kiwis, but we did it over five days. Um, so it was part of sort of this international um, sort of yeah competition that they had out in Western Sydney. So there was a um, a lot of different countries competing in, in a separate competition. Uh, so for me, I just it, it was the it was just the intensity. Obviously, I, I've never played at that high level uh, before. So, um, you know, the intensity was, was crazy, but I found recovery to be particularly challenging. You know, um, you know, during my career when I played, I typically needed, you know, two days of really, really good recovery, um, you know, which I'd kind of, you know, figured out for myself um, just to sort of get moving again. Um, I was, uh, yeah, I was not in great shape walking down the halls at, uh, at work in, in my in my corporate attire. Um, yeah, people could tell I played, but um, no, it, it, it was really, really intense. So I actually had to, I, I spent a little bit of time in camp, but I actually had to drive back to Newcastle. So um, just to do that recovery. Um, so yeah, so that, that's two hour drive, um, just driving um, to and from camp, just making sure that I was doing kind of, I wouldn't even call it just extra recovery, but it was it was it was extra extra recovery if that makes sense, just to make sure I could get on the field. And you know, by the time you know, we'll talk through the series, but you know, effectively by the time I was finished, I I, I was uh, yeah, I, I was pretty spent. But yeah, no, look in terms of the first the first game, um, yeah, all I remember is you know you know my role obviously being out on the edge in the centres was to um, you know score points and and make an impact. Uh, but also do a job defensively. So yeah, their side was huge. Um, yeah, just um, uh, yeah, in, in, incredible athletes that you're up against. Uh, certainly, certainly a significant mismatch. But um, yeah, no, look, it was a good game, good opener, and uh, look, they, they it was a bit of an arm wrestle uh, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, came down to the final minutes, and um, yeah, took a last second second intercept, uh, probably ten fifteen meters from my try line, and. Um, yeah, ran the length of the field to uh, to, to score that to, to claim that first game. So that was that was really really important for me because that's the sort of pressure that I put on myself. I expect I'm a big game player. I expected myself to to win games. Um, I wasn't there just to participate or you know oh no this te- this game's getting away from us. I'm just going to sit back. Like it's my job. You know it's my job to come in, make a play, and and win games. So you know to be able to do that in that first game was really really important and. 
got me off on a on a good start. And what was that feeling? I mean, to close out the game in, I mean, every athlete dreams of that scenario, you know, you want to be the one that changes the game and and, and wins it at the last second. Like, what does that feel like? It just feels like a dream. It doesn't feel like you're actually doing it. And, uh, you know, I credit my physio uh, who was part of the camp uh, for that try because, you know, he he put a lot of work into, into the body to free me up to sort of make that run. And uh, he, he said to me after the game, he said, mate, you're running in quicksand the first sort of 20 metres. And then I think you realise that, you know, you really needed to make this happen. And, and that's exactly it. You just, you know, you just sort of react to the ball. The ball pops up. You just you just take it. And then it's like, you know, let's not screw this up, right? Like I've got a lot, a lot of people, got a stadium full of people watching me. So, um, yeah, let's make sure we... Uh, Let's make sure we get this done. So to go up one nil, you know that put a lot of pressure on the Kiwis, and um, yeah, put it put us in a in a good spot for the series. Yeah, right. And and it's it's funny in those moments, you know, as uh, as much as it is about you your body physically, it's just as much mentally, you know. And and I've spoken, I've spent a lot of time working with coaches around visualization techniques, and I can't. I swear by it, I swear by it. So, you know, the nights before big games, you're envisioning exactly what's going to happen. You're playing out the whole scenarios, but nothing will ever, um, you know, feel like running something, running the ball back to your own try line and realising it like 10, 20 metres out. You're like, oh, no, the legs are going. This is not good. I just don't want to fall in my face. Yeah, absolutely. No, there's there's a lot of a lot of fear and a and a lot of lot of head noise when you're out there. So, um, you know, you f- sometimes when yeah when when things get really tough, um, yeah, you you feel like these games are going for three hours. You honestly do, but um, yeah, no. And and so from there, we we took the momentum into the second game, and um, you know, the Kiwis they come out and play much better. It was it was tough conditions in the second game. It was quite a wet game. They had a bigger pack. Um, and they had a strike player, so they had a, a Manu, Manu Vatave equivalent on their team, um, just incredibly, uh, yeah, huge guy, huge athlete, really, really fast, and uh, he was absolutely dynamic. So he was, um, yeah, he, he was definitely a big challenge um, to try and keep quiet um, throughout the series. We, we sort of spent a lot of time in the playbook working out defensive schemes that could just address him, you know, and I think a lot of people can relate to that when you're playing against, you know, that one key player not to say there wasn't other great players on the field there certainly was but we knew that he was he was a game breaker so to try and quieten him was was going to be really difficult in the series so we we come up a little bit short in that second game it was it was again it was a really really close one um but yeah the kiwis were able to sort of even up even it up in that second game uh and we we got pretty we got pretty knocked around in that one so yeah the series got got leveled up uh one all and then the head noise really started to happen because you know they're they're on our soil, you know. Where we we really need to win this to win this test series. And then, like I said at the start, um, I, I'm just not here just to participate and get a participation ri- ribbon. I'm here to win. I'm here to dominate. I'm here to do whatever it takes to win. So I knew that, you know, coming into the final, I needed to I needed to find something extra. You needed to put your big boy pants on and just get it done, huh? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so so coming into that. Into that final, um, I was spent, you know, a lot, a lot of the, uh, yeah, just physically, obviously, yeah, it was it was big, big turnaround, obviously, three games in five days. Um, but, yeah, look, it, it was a really, really, really fast game. I, I think that's the thing in, in those championship grand finals, um, those key games, is they just go so quick. Um, and if you don't get yourself involved, the game just skips away from you. You know, you can look up and it's half time and you haven't done anything. So I was really mindful of that. So, um, yeah, for me, it was... Um, 
yeah, it, it was it was a really really big challenge. But I was able to come in and and, and score, um, you know, a few tries, uh, which was which was really really good. And um, yeah, obviously to have all my family and friends there watching the game, and um, yeah, to be able to sort of yeah to be able to sort of that performance in. Um, yeah, I was pretty happy about it. But you know, quick quick funny story is that. You know, we, we, were, we were up just by, you know, a couple of points. Um, so had a good game, scored a couple of tries, all of that. Um, but it all came down to defending, uh, defending our line to, to win the Test Series. And it was just the, the craziest couple of minutes of my life. You know, I felt like it was the, you know, the Cronulla Sharks when they won their competition where they were trying to hold out the Melbourne Storm. I kind of felt that, you know. And, uh, and what was really funny is we kind of defended and they got repeat sets and repeat sets and... I don't know whether there was like a fake uh, siren that went off or I read the time wrong or whatever, but we celebrated early. Um, so we thought we'd actually sort of defended that last tackle. So we're, we're sort of, you know, I'm like, you know, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm very, very happy with, uh, with the result. And the ref's like, no, it's, it, it, we're, we're still on. You know, there must have been like two or three seconds left in the game. So we had kind of had to compose ourselves, reset, and defend another tackle. So, look, I don't know how we kept them out. We managed to do it. And, um, yeah, just a huge amount of relief once we, uh, once we won. And I'm going to say it again. Defense wins championships, does it not? It does, it does. You gotta make your tackles, you gotta you gotta get in front, wear those bruises. That that was the same from the coaches. Just 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 get your bodies in front, wear a bruise from, for your mate. And uh yeah, we did that. Plenty of bruises come out of that test series, that's for sure. The bruises are the best bit. It's the best bit. Right, well, Dan, we're gonna finish off this uh, this episode next time, but thank you so much for coming. And uh, sharing your story and being so unbelievably open and transparent with everything that you've gone through. I'm so excited to work with you. No, I appreciate it. Thank you very much for your time. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.